and afterwards they're going to be moving on to the conference. So we want to continue to keep the old, the, our pastor and the pastor's wife, we want to keep them and their family on our minds and in prayer until they return. Amen. Definitely missing my pastor and first lady. Tonight we have a special word from the Lord. Our very own Reverend Andrew Fowler is going to be bringing the word of the Lord. Let us give the Lord a hand as you stand to your feet and magnify the Lord. Reverend Fowler, come preach the word. Amen. Brother Parks, I'm going to have to figure out how to get on this evangelism uh, out on the ocean. <laughs> Maybe there's a rotation, I don't know. I'll have to talk to Pastor about that. Amen. Amen. I give honor to Pastor in his absence tonight. First Lady, I love them. My parents are here, amen. I give them honor. I give my wife honor. She's, she's uh, teaching the kids tonight. Amen. Brother Steve, did I didn't talk to you. Did she send you? Did, okay, we're good to go. Most people, probably most people think that I do these slides. I don't do the slides. I let Heather. She's the artsy one. Amen. Luke, if you have your Bibles tonight, we ask that you stand. It is our custom to stand for the reading of the Word. Amen. Luke chapter 18, verses 1 through 8. I do have a lot of scripture tonight, but I'm going I'm to drive my point. Luke chapter 18, verses 1 through 8. And he spake a par parable unto them. To this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Saying, there was, there was in a city a judge which feared God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city. And she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while. But afterward he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man. Verse 5, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. And the Lord said, hear what, hear what the unjust judge saith. Verse 7, and shall God not avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto them, though he bear long with them? Verse 8, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on earth. Amen. For the next few minutes, persistent prayer. Persistent prayer. Amen. Brother Parks, would you pray? God, we know that your word is living, it's powerful, and it's sharp. Oh, Lord, let it cut us today. Lord God, let it show us in our minds and let it be filled in our hearts, oh God. What we need from this message, oh Lord, of persistent prayer. Oh, Lord, we thank you, Lord Jesus, for your word. We thank you for the man of God that's preaching it. We ask your anointing upon him, oh God, and let our ears be attentive to your word. And when we leave here, oh God, and even now, let us apply this word to our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. If it's your first time here, we welcome you. Amen. Let's give them a hand if there's any first-time guests. Amen. Many times in life, we are weary with praying prayers over and over again that seemingly they don't have an impact on what we pray. We have toiled all night, sometimes with lost sleep, time spent praying into the air to a God that doesn't seem to be answering our prayer. Where are you, God? I need you to interject yourself into my dilemma. God, are you mad at me? These are all questions 
and thoughts that if we're honest with ourselves at one time or another has come across our minds. This parable that Jesus told illustrates the persistence, that persistence was key to the widow obtaining what she needed from this ungodly judge. I know in my time as a parent, there are, there are times when my daughter will come to me and she will ask me something and I will say no. And I will say no because she keeps asking me. But eventually there comes a time when I'm just like, I don't care. Do whatever it is you wish to do just to get her to stop bothering me. Our prayers to God tonight need to be the same way. Many times we pray and there is no response from God. This may not mean that the answer is no. God doesn't always give a clear answer. Some may respond with, well, if God didn't speak in an audible voice and the angels sing, then it must not be the Lord's will. What if the Lord tonight is looking for persistence in our prayers? How bad do they really want it? What are they willing to do to obtain this thing that they are asking for? You might say that is cruel for God to do that. If he knows what his people want. What if God is teaching us. He's molding us through the process. That we might never gain unless we go through the process of prayer and waiting. God is developing us. Shaping us. Molding us into his image. Many times we don't have the blueprints. We don't have the instruction manuals. To the manufacturing process. I'm a proponent if that it's better to teach someone to fish than to give a man a fish. If someone has to get out there and they got to hustle and they got to work for it, a job, whether it be job, a home, cars, whatever it is, they appreciate it, in my opinion, a whole lot more as opposed to someone just handing them the keys. It may be a season of waiting. You know, the thing about seasons, seasons take time to fully develop. There, it's, not, it's not an instantaneous process, so to speak, overnight and things are just, are just done. We have an incredible responsibility as believers to stand in the gap and pray for those who stand in the need of prayer. We must offer prayers to see our situations change, to see our mountains move. Verse 8 lays upon us an incredible burden and responsibility and asks that when He cometh, will, he be will we be exercising our faith like the widow woman did with her persistent prayer. I was listening today. I had, to, I had a meeting in Savannah, so I, I had some windshield time. So a lot of times I will I listen to podcasts or... I don't listen to a whole lot of music. When I do, obviously, it's Christian. But I was listening today, and I was listening to a sermon, and the man of God was talking, and he just so happens that he, he was talking about this, this particular passage of Scripture. And when I read it, I didn't really take it that way, but a lot of people interpret this verse 8. When the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on earth? A lot of people interpret that as the, when the Lord returned, but that's not what it's talking about. It's talking about when we pray and God's response to our prayer, when He comes to answer our prayer, will we have faith? No matter how big the mountain is, we must know that we serve an even bigger God. We should know and understand that, the, that He spoke the worlds into existence and all that is therein. He's able to move mountains. If they need moving. I've been, I've been working on a, on a message. I haven't put anything to paper yet. but And I'm not sure quite what I'm going to title it yet. But it's important how we approach God. Our posture before Jesus matters. The Bible tells us that we should boldly come to the throne of grace. But before we can get there... There's a series of places that we have to go before we get there. Because I think, I think if we look at the Old Testament, 
When we look at the pattern of the tabernacle, that can be a type of or sort of a, a prayer, a process of prayer. But the pattern for the tabernacle was before you get to the Holy of Holies, you must first go to the brazen altar. You see, the brazen altar was the place of death. It was where the sacrifices were killed and the blood the blood was sprinkled. But before, before worship, which is the altar of incense, before baptism, which is the, represents the labor of water, before we get to the Holy of Holies, we have to, to learn to kill our flesh like at the like they did in the, at the brazen altar. Nobody wants to talk about the brazen altar. They just want to bypass the pain, the suffering, and go straight to the altar of incense. But if we skip a step in the process, everything is out of whack. Nothing, nothing flows right. Daniel chapter ten. And I'm going to read. I'm going to read, it's the New King James Version. It's a little easier to understand. But I'm going to read the entire chapter, so just buckle in. But I, Verse 1. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a message was revealed to Daniel, whose name was called Belteshazzar. The message was true, but the appointed time was long. And he understood the message and had understanding of the vision. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. I ate no pleasant food. No meat or wine came into my mouth. Nor did I anoint myself at all till three weeks were fulfilled. Verse 4. Now on the, 20, on the 24th day of the first month, as I was by the water, it was, as I was by the side of the great river, that is the Tigris, Verse 5, I lifted up my eyes and looked, and behold, a certain man was clothed in linen, whose waist was girded with gold of euphaz. His body was like barrel, his face like the appearance of lightning, his eyes like torches of fire, his arms and feet burned like bronze and collar, <clears throat> and the sound of his words like the voice of a multitude. Verse 7, and I, Daniel, alone saw the vision. For the men who were with me did not see the vision, but a great terror fell upon them so that they fled to hide themselves. Therefore I was left alone when I saw this great vision. And no strength remained in me, for my vigor was turned to frailty in me, and I retained no strength. Verse 9, yet I heard the sound of his words, and I heard the sound. And while I heard the sound of his words, I was in a deep sleep on my face with my face to the ground, and suddenly a hand touched me, which made me tremble on my knees and on the palms of my hands. And he said to me, O Daniel, man, greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright, for I have, for I have now been sent to you while he was speaking this word to me. I stood trembling. Then he said to me, this is the key verse, then he said to me, do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that thou set your heart to understand and humble yourself before your God, your words were heard. And I have come because of your words. Verse 13. But the prince, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days and behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me. For I had been left alone there with the, king of, with the kings of Persia. Now I have come to make you to understand what will happen to your people in the latter days. For the vision refers to many days to come. Verse 15. When he had spoken such words to me, I turned my face toward the ground and became speechless. Verse 16. And suddenly, one having the likeness of the sons of men touched my lips. Then I opened my mouth and spoke, saying to him who stood before me, My Lord, because of the vision, my sorrows have overwhelmed me, and I have retained no strength. Verse 17. For how can this servant of my Lord talk with you, my Lord? As for me, no strength remains in me, nor is any breath left in me. Then again, the one having the likeness of a man touched me and strengthened me. Verse 19. And he said, 
O man, greatly beloved, fear not. Peace be to you. Be strong. So when he spoke, when he spoke to me, I was strengthened and said, Let my Lord speak, for you have strengthened me. Verse 20. Then he said, Do you know why I have come to you? And now I must return to fight with the prince of Persia. And when I have gone forth, indeed, the prince of Greece will come. But I will tell you what is noted in the scripture of truth. No one upholds me against these except Michael, your prince. There's a lot to unpack here. But Daniel saw in a vision some great apocalyptic war. And Daniel was troubled by this great event that he saw. So he went into a time of mourning, fasting, and prayer to seek the explanation for this event that would take place. We know Daniel to be a great prophet of God who was a man of prayer and consecration. This passage of Scripture, Brother Parks, has always intrigued me to some degree. We know and we understand if you're a one God apostolic, you understand that God has all power. The devil is not God's counterpart. We can mistake portions of Scripture like this and we can equate that the devil can defeat God at times and other times God defeats the devil. That's simply not the case. Daniel's prayer was heard the first time he prayed. God is the author of the script. He controls everything. The, the answer to Daniel's prayer was being brought by a celestial being to Daniel. The angel referenced here in this passage is speculated by many scholars to be Gabriel, the archangel. But verse 12, as I said, it was the key verse. That's what I want to focus on. As the angel here is bringing or coming to Daniel's aid to, to explain the vision to him, he was caught up in a battle. It says that he was doing battle with the prince of Persia. And I believe that this can be translated as another angelic being. It was someone, it was, a, it was a demonic force that was given authority and dominion over the kingdom of Persia. The angel engaged in a battle that waged for three weeks. The Michael, then Michael, another archangel comes to relieve this angel. So he can respond and make his way to Daniel. Many times there are things that we are praying for. And it seems like there's not an answer coming or that heaven has not even heard you. But I want to assure you tonight, if you have prayed a prayer, that God has heard your prayers. Maybe your answer is delayed. Maybe if your answer is delayed, it may be because the enemy is hindering the response from God. The thing that you're praying for, it may be because there's resistance in the heavenlies preventing the response. And I said a minute ago, God has all power. And I don't understand why there's some things that when you pray, it's like God just shows up. And there's other times when God allows a process for your prayer to be answered. When he allows the angels to deliver your response. Don't be weary in well doing. For if you faint not you shall reap. Keep pressing. Keep praying. Keep coming to the well of salvation. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Against, but against principalities against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, and against spiritual wickedness in high places. The weapon of prayer is not something that can be displayed like an Excalibur sword or a machine gun, Brother, Brother Munden, that can spray bullets into a position of the enemy, but it's an invisible weapon that creates apocalyptic clashes in the heavenlies. Many times I have heard great men of God say, that the spiritual world is invisible but not manifest to the common man. But the physical and tangible is often a mirror reflection of what is happening in the heavenlies in the spiritual realm. 
If we could put on spiritual glasses to see the spiritual realms, sometimes I wonder what we would see. Would we see angels locked in battle, struggling for the power and rule over a territory? Would our prayers summon the arrival of legions of angels over a city of our loved ones and spirit, loved ones, to break the spirits and things that bind them? James chapter 5. Persistence in prayer. James chapter 5 verses 16 through 18. Confess your faults one to another. Pray one for another that he may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer... A righteous man availeth much. Verse 17. This is, the, this is what I want to focus in on. Elias was a man. Or Elijah was a man. Subject to like passions as we are. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And it rained not on the earth. By the space of three years and six months. Brother Parks talked about this Sunday morning. Verse 18. And he prayed again. And the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. The fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. The word fervent here means red hot. It means powerful. It's not the length of the prayer. It's the fervency at which you pray that moves heaven. I've heard people pray for what seemed like forever and said absolutely nothing. Then I've heard men get up, men and women get up and they pray for 30 seconds. It can absolutely take you into the throne room of God. I'm guilty. I'm guilty. If, I, if I'm honest, I'm guilty of thinking that these great men and women of God that we read about in Scripture were superhuman. They're, they're like Superman or Superwoman, almost immortal in some way. But Elijah was flesh and blood. Like you and me. That's right. The point of this passage is to let you know that fervent prayer is how you get prayers through to God. The reality of Elijah being an ordinary person like you and me lets me know that it was his prayer that allowed him to shut up the heavens and command there to be rain for no rain for six months. Likewise, it will be our prayers that can change situations and change circumstances for our favor. Pr persistent prayer. 1 Thessalonians, verse 5 and 17. Pray without ceasing. When your children aren't living right, pray without ceasing. When your family is under spiritual attacks from all sides, pray without ceasing. When you need a financial miracle in your life, pray without ceasing. When your body is sick with disease, pray without ceasing. When you have money in the bank, pray without ceasing. When all the bills are paid, pray without ceasing. When your children are living for God, pray without ceasing. The Bible places no... No limits. Nothing. There's, there's, no, there's no guidelines to that. It just says pray without ceasing. Persistent prayer. Matthew chapter 5, or chapter 6, excuse me, verses 5 through 8. Brother Ian, if you want to play some music, I'm, I'm wrapping up. The good news is you've got time to pray tonight. Come on. Come on. Matthew chapter 6, verse 5. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, for that, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you that they have their reward. Verse 6. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. And when thou hast shut the door, pray to the Father which is in secret, and thy Father, which is in secret, shall reward thee openly. Verse 7, But when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for, when they, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. 
Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask them. Here we have Jesus giving a discourse on prayer and giving us instruction on how to pray. You can all stand. People who pray loudly and do it for a show, just wanting to be seen and heard of men, have their reward. Their, their reward is their attention that they bring to themselves. If you're one of those people, and I don't think there's any in here tonight, but if you're one of those people, don't expect an answer or reward for your prayer. There are times when we are praying corporately, and it's in order but the instruction here from the Master is to go into your prayer closet and shut the door and go to war. I've heard people in my life that pray the same thing over and over and over and over again. It would be like me coming up to one of you to have a conversation and just repeating myself over and over and over again. How, how does that, you know, when, I was told last time I shouldn't use the word stupid, so I'm not going to use the word stupid. But if someone comes up to me and they, and they say the same thing over again, over and over again, I mean, what are, what am I supposed to think? But when we communicate with God, we shouldn't say the same thing over and over you know, people say, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And he's like, what? What? Bring your petitions before God. Have a conversation with Jesus. Mark chapter 11. And there's already, there was a spirit of prayer in here before I, before I came up. And I, I expect... When I'm done the same. Verse, Mark 11, 20, verses 23 and 24. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say to this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he, shall, which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Verse 24. Therefore I say unto you, What things soever ye desire when ye pray, Believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Believe what you ask when you pray. If you're praying for something that lines up with the will of God, you will have what you ask for. Persistent prayer is what our world needs. Persistent prayer is what's going to save our family and our friends. Persistent prayer can turn the tide of a bad situation to a good one. Amen. I wonder if we could all gather around. Amen. It's still early. What do you have need of tonight? You might say, I've got everything worked out, preacher. I need nothing. Find someone to pray with. Not everybody has everything worked out. When we petition the throne of God, the word of God was clear tonight that he hears us and he answers us. We have to approach God with faith, believing that He'll respond to the things that we ask Him. God, forgive us. God, Pastor, He's been talking to us about prayer. I couldn't get away from this thought tonight. Someone needed to hear it. Persistent prayer is what we need in our lives. In a world filled with entertainment 
in a world filled with that's consumed with carnality God help us to take time in our daily in our daily ritual as we go about our, our things that we have to do our jobs our homes our responsibilities God let us make time help us to carve out a time of prayer and dedication to you God help us to build a prayer room. God help us to build a prayer closet. God, if you have to build us a prayer room, God, it's not what we're going to like. It's, we're, it's not something that's going to be pretty. God, but tonight, we come to you. We come boldly to the throne of grace. Lord, because we know that you're the one who can answer our prayers. We know tonight that there is nothing, God, that's too hard for you. We know that there's power in the name of Jesus. If you're here tonight and you're struggling with sin, you're struggling with addiction, you need deliverance. You need to pray. You need to seek the face of God. God will deliver you. God will set you free, but you've got to make the first step. You've got to step out. You've got to make a step of faith. You've got to come before God and you've got to repent. And you've got to say, God, I'm sorry for the way I've been living. God, I know it's not right. God, I'm determined tonight, God, that I'm going to change. Lord, I'm determined tonight, God, that I'm going to go a different way. God, that I'm going to follow the things of God. God, I'm going to lay down and crucify my flesh tonight. John the Baptist said, repent, repent, or you shall perish. That's the message tonight, repent. God is here. God, I pray for every man and woman in this house tonight. God, there may be those that's walked in these doors, God, that are bound by sin. God, who've been bound by sickness, who are bound, God, by disease tonight. God, who are unable, God, to get a prayer seemingly past the end of their nose. God, but tonight, I pray a prayer of repentance. God, for every man and woman in this house, God, I pray that you would forgive them. God, I pray that you would wash them. I pray, God, tonight, God, if, if they've been baptized in your name, God, that that blood would be activated, God, over their life. Oh, God, that you would forgive them, God, of their sins. If you're here tonight, and you've not been baptized in the name of Jesus. The Bible is very clear. The blood is applied to our life through the waters of baptism. If you're here tonight and you've not been filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, the Bible is clear. Jesus told Nicodemus, he said, you must be born again of the water and of the Spirit if you want to see or enter the kingdom of God. And we know from the Word of God that when we're filled with the Holy Ghost, the Bible says that you will speak in a, in a new tongue. God, we thank you tonight. God, pour out your spirit in this house. God, respond to the prayers of your people. Let the windows of heaven, God, be open tonight. Respond tonight, God, to our faith. Respond tonight, God, to the prayers of the saints. your chain. 
Are you satisfied? Dig a little deeper tonight. Dig a little deeper tonight. God save our family. God save our children. If you've got children in here that's backslidden, call their names out.
thankful to the Lord for a word on persistent prayer. Amen. We have heard the word of the Lord come forth. We've heard it con confirmed through the gifts of the Spirit. Holiness without which no man shall see God. And the way that we'll connect with God is through persistent prayer. Thankful for the word the Reverend Fowler has given us tonight. The type of word that we have something we can leave here with. But before we leave, we, we actually have had an opportunity to go before that throne room of grace right here in the house of God. Amen. And to receive something from the Lord. I'm thankful for this type of atmosphere we can stand in the presence of an almighty God. You know, it's, it's just Tuesday. We call this a midweek service. I don't know about you, but this is what I need in my week right here. Come into the presence of God after being in a building, working all day. Come here. There's no blessing like being in the presence of God this way with, with the saints of God. Reverend Father, we want to give you an opportunity, sir. Got anything you want to share with the with the congregation? We're thankful for having you here. Any testimony you and Sister Father and share with us.
appreciate you. And I've said this before, I appreciate the way you've taken my family in. I wish they were up in West Virginia, but they're not. And so uh, I, I'm thankful for the way that you've cared for them. And I give honor to you in the past. I, I love him. He and I just hit it off, I suppose. But uh, I'm, I'm just thankful. And I tell you, there's many souls that we can reach. There's many souls that we can reach. If we'll, if we'll just do it, if I'll just do it. That's right. Praise God. God's faithful. He's good. He knows the beginning from the end. That's right. This apostolic message is the best thing this side of heaven. That's right. It takes baptism in his name. That's right. The infilling of the Holy Ghost. You must live a holy, godly night. Thank <laughs> you. 